Welcome to the Beauty Supply Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Mondo. Today, we'll be talking about something that is a little bit touching topic because I get approached a lot in my beauty supply store to carry brands um, from like my regular customers. Some people reach out to me on Instagram. Welcome to the Beauty Supply Secrets Podcast. I'm Kathy Mondo, your host and guide into the secretive world of hair and beauty supply business. My steadfast mission has been to arm beauty supply store business owners with the knowledge, skills, and strategies that they need to flourish. Whether you're a veteran beauty supply store owner, a newcomer eager to dive into this industry, or just curious about the potential to get started, consider this podcast your essential guide. Our foundational mission has been to create a community of a competition. This is to bring beauty supply store owners together. We're all about lifting each other, celebrating shared success, and raising together to challenge and change the past injustice that has been seen in the beauty supply industry. We stand as industry trailblazers eager to bring positivity and lasting change from products and brands, vendors, distributors, and the ever-changing trends in the beauty supply industry. I've got a lot of insights to share. Here, you'll gain access to top-tier insights, ensuring you're always a step ahead of the game. So plug in, absorb the knowledge, and let's redefine your journey in the beauty supply business world. Deep dive with me and let's enjoy the Beauty Supply Secrets podcast. Uh, If I'm able to carry products in our store. So I'm going to call these small brands indie brands just because the indie brands are gaining a significant following due to their innovative approaches and unique narratives and often eco-conscious and ethical values. So these small companies are going to be out of your regular beauty supply store products, out of your regular hair care products. So let's forget about like the huge corporate brands, you know, that like the Cantu, um, African Pride. Um, even Miel at some point was an indie brand, but I think they've earned their name right now. They've actually been bought out. So that means that these small brands have a potential to grow big and even get bought out, right? So we want to give them the attention that they deserve but we want to tread carefully, okay? So most of these brands gain their uh, publicity and gain their following and traction due to how authentic they are and how they tell their stories. I'm going to start off with giving an example of a brand that I actually really love right now. And um, their products are like really healthy it's called Untamed Naturals. So this lady has no idea that I am actually talking about this brand of hers. But I absolutely, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed with what she's done. I really love her products. I'm going to give you a little story. So probably once you guys find out about her, maybe her story will sound different. But this is how I understood it. That um, a family member of hers was diagnosed with cancer. And when they were going through like their consultations for their treatments, this one particular doctor gave her and the family member a list of products that they should avoid while they're going through chemotherapy. So while she was looking through that list, she was stunned to find that products that she actually used are on that list of like cancer causing or risk cancer causing 
products. So she asked the doctor, like, how come you're giving us this list now while it's, you know, a little bit too late because cancer has been diagnosed? How come this list is not public? Then the doctor said that, well, this list cannot be made public because studies are still being done to confirm that these products actually cause cancer. So... I'm going to give like an example just to try and make myself easy to understand. So let's say they do a study, right, to confirm like is this particular product causing cancer? So they check into that product and if let's say it doesn't meet a certain threshold or percentage, so let's say maybe 60% proves that this product actually causes cancer, maybe it's not like 80% that is needed by the government to make sure that that product is off the shelf. So this lady was very shocked and she decided she's going to create natural products that actually don't have the cancer-causing ingredients. So that's why I love this brand. How I bumped into it though is I was looking to have a section in my beauty supply store of natural products, healthy products, you know, like for health-conscious consumers. So while I was doing the research, I bumped into it. I bought the products to try them out for myself first before I can start selling them in my store. And while I was using the products, I liked it, but the price point made me wonder if my client is going to be able to purchase it. So selling that pro- the, her, her products um, like wholesale, no, retail, selling her products retail, I would have to sell them for like, like $18.99, $19.99, $24.99. Like I felt like those prices are a little bit high compared to what my clients are looking for. So I have talked about the vision that I had for my beauty supply store when I started out. Because I'm in a suburb, I thought that the suburb clients would actually want to be shopping in like a high-end upscale beauty supply store. So that's what the vibe I was going with. And even me having a salon in my store, I was thinking that because being in a suburb, there's not many like braiding salons or salons that actually just do braiding and care for our, you know, natural kinky curly hair. So most of the times when I was looking for someone to do my hair, I would end up in someone's house to get my hair done. And that just didn't rub me the right way. Like I would have to go in, you know, these people's homes and nothing against it. I mean, I get it. Like you got to hustle, you got to make the money. But for me, it just didn't feel comfortable. So I thought that my clients would be okay having somewhere to go and get their hair done. So Obviously, I have learned a lot uh, the couple of years that my store has been opened and we now have a variety of options and like low end, um, low quality, cheaper products just to cater for the other client that needs, you know, their regular beauty supply store, even though that wasn't my brand before, that wasn't what I was going for. Um, It's just I had to just have that because every time people came to my store, they'll be like, oh, this is so expensive. Uh, This is not like a regular beauty supply store and stuff like that. So I had to change a few things here and there. Anyway, so now that I'm actually talking about these, I think that is a little bit um, unfair that the clients who can actually buy the clean products cannot buy them because I'm thinking they will not afford it. Maybe I should order like a small batch to just try out the market and see if the suburb clients would want to have a clean product that's actually safe to use. So I think I'll revisit that for my November inventory. So this podcast is being recorded in October. All right. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about with the rise of these small brands is that they're, they also have niche offerings. So they cater to a specific, sometimes overlooked market segment. And these products 
could be for a particular skin type, a particular skin concern, or a particular demographic. So, for example, that first example that I gave, she was catering to someone who is um, environmental conscious and also conscious about the products they're putting on their body. So another pro- uh, example that I want to give is there's a uh, there's a product that we were trying it out to. Like I was during those are times in my life I was going through that phase of trying out products that I could bring in the store that are different, that are not out there, and that are not in regular beauty supply stores. So this one brand, um, I think it's actually a black-owned brand. So. They sent us the samples and they had a line that catered for like people who had skin eczema. And one of our employees actually has like really bad skin eczema and she's actually on steroid shots. So um, when these samples came in, um, I took some, I gave the employee some and, you know, I, like I distributed them. So I gave her one that was specific, specifically for uh, eczema skin. And she actually had a flare up. So she sent me a picture and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, 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 no. We cannot have this product in our beauty supply store because it will be a nightmare if every other client came into the store and say, you know what? I bought this product from your store and now I have a skin rash and I have a flare up. And, you know, that. so that's why that product, we didn't end up having it in the store. So it's good to also sample out the products. You can also sample it out with your clients. So many times we've also welcomed brands like, um, I want to talk about the this other brand. It's called, um, I'm forgetting their official name, but it's it's the Black Panther Edge Control. So when they came to our store, they actually gave us samples that we give to our clients so that they can try out the, the Edge Control. And if they like it, they can come back, give us um, updates, reviews, and then shop the actual product. So you can also try out samples with your clients. You just don't have to use everything. I'm just giving examples of how we I have done it. So again, this podcast is showing how I have done it, how I have grown my business, and also give you a guide on how you can do the same too. I also help people open beauty supply stores. Um, I help guide those who are already open on how to grow and scale their businesses. So all the things that I'm sharing are things that have worked for my store or for someone else that I've worked with, okay? All right. Um, the next point that I wanted to talk about these small indie brands is that Unlike large corporations, these indie brands can quickly adapt to market trends, feedback, and consumer needs. So they are very open to work with you and even just get feedback from you. So that's what I'm saying. Like once you sample it out, you can go back to them and tell them like, this is what's working, this is what's not working. And they can tweak their formula and still try again. So that's the good thing with these smaller brands. They're also clean and sustainable. I've given an example of how the particular one brand that's using cruelty-free, eco-friendly, organic ingredients, and all that. And then there's the direct-to-consumer engagement. So if you get a good brand that actually has a good social media following, it can also add food traffic to your store. Um, there's actually a local a local customer of ours who's making like some sheer butters. She's supposed to, do, to come in for a pop-up event we have still not taken care of that. So this is just a reminder for me to reach out to her again because we'll be having a pop-up next month and I would love for her to bring in her products in our store during the pop-up event. All right, so a pop-up event is one of those things that you'll be doing in your store to just increase food traffic, increase awareness, you know, create a community where your customers can come and interact with other people and do some networking. So I'll talk more about those kind of things to do to like, 
you know, boost your store sales and stuff like that. All right. So if that's something you're interested, just comment in the comment section. Let me know if that's something you're looking forward to so I can put it like on a priority list. All right. So working with these independent beauty brands, um, you will... If you want to discover them a lot, you can do Instagram. It's a pretty good place to check out. You can also check out on like Etsy. Um, you can go to like other pop-up events or just regular attend, regularly attend some trade shows and stuff like that. Or even just follow some beauty brand influencers. They do post items like this. Actually, how I ended up discovering some of them too is like this. This website is called Fair um, where you can buy wholesale products for your store. So I'll leave a link in the show notes so that you can go check out that website. It's also a pretty nice place to look at products to sell in your store if you want to have like some some different items to have in your store. It's a nice place actually. I've bought a lot of like scarves, um, lip glosses, lashes, um, hair clips and stuff like that. Just a lot of like fancy items to have in my store that are different from what's in other beauty supply stores. All right, and then uh, sample products. So I already talked about why you need to sample some of these products before you put them in your store. It's going to save you a lot of headache <laughs> and you'll just be able to sell the product better because you've used it. And then you want to understand their story. So to be able to sell these products because your clients will might have not heard of this brand before. So you want to understand their story so that when you try to sell this product to your customers, they understand that story. Another good thing is that when you're selling these products, um, if it's selling very well in your neighborhood and maybe you increase awareness, you can go back to the brand and negotiate exclusivity. So that means that they cannot sell that product to any other competitor of yours within a whatever mile radius. Like, I don't know, I would go like 20 mile radius or like 30 mile radius. So people have to drive to come to me and maybe also just increase food traffic that way. Right. Okay. Um, another thing is they have f flexible terms. So most of the times when I purchase products like this, um, I have gotten terms. Um, another thing, if you purchase a full size product, you want to make sure that they understand that you're buying this product to sample because taxes might apply because, you know, you're the end use of the product and you're not going to be selling it to collect sales tax later. So also be careful with that. All right, another item that I wanted to talk about working with these small brands is the providing feedback. So you want to go back to the brand and tell them what's working and what's not working. And if you don't have a display or if you're wondering, like, where can I create these? So, like, remember the idea I told you about how I was thinking maybe I can create a corner for, like, eco-friendly, you know, clean brands to shop you know just high-end clean ingredients and stuff like that i actually <laughs> repurposed that display into like a wig display now i think i should just go ahead and do whatever i wanted to do before sometimes clients your clients will be will critique you too much and maybe make you feel a little bit scared into going with what you wanted to do before but if i'm here right now I want to say just go for it. Go for the dream that you want. Go for the dream beauty supply store that you want. Try it out before you say no. Like I, I feel like I just said no before even trying it out. All right. Then there's um, you're going to have to educate your staff. Um, if you have employees, you want to educate them about the new products that you're selling that your clients might not have seen in any other place. So you want to sell that product. Um, I'm going to say that I did actually buy a product that's a homemade product. 
Uh, I'm not going to say the name. But it ended up doing very poorly in our store, even though it was nice a nice product. So I ended up buying like three three bottles of it to use on my daughter's hair because I knew it's a good product. But it didn't sell very well. So one of the things that I, I realized with this uh, not well-known brands, you will need to do a lot of selling to actually sell it off your shelf. Because no one is just going to pick a brand they've never heard of, right? And then the packaging on this product wasn't like the very best. You could clearly tell that this product has been packed at home. So I guess that was also kind of not working in our favor. So you want to train your staff to know those products and to sell them properly. And then another thing is you want to engage in joint marketing. So joint marketing um, is if you're carrying this brand for this uh, company, you want them to also mention you on their social media. Let them say that, hey, if you want to shop more of our products, actually Beauty Supply, so ABCD is also carrying this product. You can go buy it from them. So that will also, uh, maybe there's someone who's following that brand. They've always wanted to buy that brand, but they're thinking like, Ugh, I don't want to pay shipping for this item. But then they say that it's actually available in your store. This person can actually come to your store and buy this product, right? So that will also increase some food traffic, especially if it's like a well-known indie brand. All right. So review the terms regularly. So maybe when you start out, uh, you guys might just be working on like flexible terms, but then maybe the product is actually selling now. So that's why I was saying like you can negotiate exclusivity. Like you have flexibility to change the terms of how you and this small company, you are doing business, right? So generally speaking, I think it's a good idea to host these smaller brands in your store. Just don't spend too much money on inventory and bring in like too much products in your store. Then you have products just shit sitting, <laughs> OMG, sitting on the shelf and actually not selling yeah we don't want to have dust collectors on our shelves we want to make money so we want to have turnaround products and stuff like that incorporating these small indie brands into your store can offer unique products to your customers that differentiate your business from your competitors so if your clients know that you know i can go to any other local beauty supply store i'll just get my usual right but if i actually go to um say my store bilax beauty supply i can actually discover new products that i've never heard of that are actually for my own good right so they know you have that sector they might be just coming in to see what you have on that particular aisle and then remember other items that they needed to buy in you know the rest of the store maybe they can walk in then see a nice wig and buy you know money's in the hair right <laughs> okay so however it's essential to approach these partners with a collaborative mindset Re recognizing the unique challenges and the opportunities they present. So I guess I've talked more about the challenges you might face, how you might navigate that, and the opportunities. Um, I want to mention something here that happened to me. So I have actually been approached by a couple of clients of mine who sell products here and there. So one of the mistakes that I did, the very, very, probably the very, maybe first two, three months of me running my beauty supply store, this lady approached me and said that she has some products and she's looking for like shelving space where she can sell these products, right? So I made the mistake of not asking her what the products were. <laughs> so I told her, yeah, sure, you can bring the products, we'll put them on the shelf for like one week. And if they don't sell, you can come and pick them up. So this lady went on Alibaba and bought like bonnets and 
um like makeup brushes and like some fancy lip glosses and stuff like that and then brought them to the store so i should have just gone with my gut and told her like yeah we won't be putting in competitive products these are just generic products that anyone can buy on you know the internet from china actually um instead i was nice <laughs> we and agreed that she can put the products on the shelf so obviously she's buying this bonnets i remember she was probably maybe buying them for like two dollars and then she wants to sell them to me for like four dollars or five dollars and then she was saying that i can sell them for like six dollars so i'm like i'm making a dollar out of this item and you know it just doesn't make any sense it's already priced high can you imagine like a six dollar seven dollar bonnet while you can get a bonnet for like $1.99, $2.99, $3.99, like $4.99 max. Maybe unless like the really fancy ones from Red by Kiss. Those ones go for like $6.99 or like $5.99, right? So I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is not going to work. And then she had like those lip glosses and stuff like that. Like just, it was just a mess. So don't make that mistake. Make sure that you know what products this person is selling before agreeing to having these products in your store. All right, so that's the benefit of having me as a beauty supply insider because I do share everything that is happening in my business and I share how you can avoid the mistakes that I do and you can grow much faster and scale much faster. So this is actually a benefit for you. This is something that I wish someone had been documenting their journey so that when I started out, it would have been easy for me. I just feel like this industry is so secretive and that's why I'm here because we cannot keep doing this anymore. Okay, um, another thing that you might want to consider is if you decide to carry the indie brands, you want them to market you on their social media as well. You want them to let their customers know that they can find these products in your store because that also brings in new traffic. Another thing that I know that you have to have is Talk about exclusivity. So if you're selling these products in your store and they start selling, will this person give you exclusivity or will they just start selling to other stores to have their products as well? And then that way you will have a problem trying to build a reputable brand. For those of you who wish to go even deeper and connect with like-minded beauty supply store owners, I invite you to join our Beauty Supply Insider Facebook group. Just make sure to answer a few questions when requesting to join. Since this is an exclusive community, we want to make sure that only those who qualify join our community. The group is on Facebook. It's called Beauty Supply Insider on a mission to build community over competition. I can't wait to see you there. Get in, post about yourself, and let's start connecting. <laughs>